And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. This your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including... Trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the quintessential Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's a terror episode of Lights Out from 1943. But first, it's Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cullen will play short clips from popular songs. And a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Gail and I will try to name that tune, right, Lisa? That's right. We have Gail on the phone from Butler, Wisconsin. Hi, Gail. Hi, Gail. Hi. How you guys doing? Good. good. So glad that you're with us. And, you know, the theme of this uh, particular segment is going to be just great songs. Great songs. So you like great songs? Yep. Yes. Okay. Then, and we have a great contestant named Gail. We have a great contestant and a great host here. Yeah. That would be me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. See. I'm going to play a short clip. And as soon as you know the name you of the song, it. shout it out. Here's the okay, first ready, song. Ready, Gail? All righty. How does it feel? How does it feel? Rolling Stone. Yep, a like rolling a Rolling Stone. Stone. I'll take it. That was 19. Yeah, but I guessed wrong, though, so. Well, I, did, Gail, you didn't guess anything, did you? It's hard to hear. Gail, did you guess? Yeah, we kind of said it at the same time. Okay, she got it then because I said it wrong. So Gail's right and Carl's wrong. Like a Rolling Stone is absolutely yeah. right. 1965 song Gail's by up. Bob Dylan reached number two on the charts. <laughs> yeah, all right. Good one. All right. I think it's a good one. You guys like that one? Yeah, it's a good okay. song. <laughs> Here's the next song. I told you you're good at picking. I know. Satisfaction. That's it. Oh. Rolling Stones. He's a Rolling Stones fan. Released in what year, Carl? Um, 67. 65. Oh. It was their first number one hit in the U.S. and inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1998. So Gail and I are tied up. All right. Sound good, Gail? Sounds good. Let's go for the next Let's one. Go. All right. I like she should go for it. <laughs> <laughs> you know we've got to find a way to bring some love and get here today. Marvin, Marvin. Yeah, what's going on? There it is. Hey, what's going on? Gail. It is by Marvin Gaye. <laughs> That's yeah. what you're thinking, Carl. Released in 1971. And did you know that Cindy Lauper covered this song on her album True Colors? No, I didn't know that. I did not That'd know that. That'd be a that. good thing for Real or Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Gail is winning there two we go. to one. That's how you do it. Here's the next song. What you want? 
said respect. It is. Wow, Gail. Respect, originally released by Otis Redding in 65. Um, but this became a huge Aretha. hit for Aretha Franklin in 1967. Yeah. She won uh, two Grammy Awards with this song. Wow. How do you win two Grammy Awards? It's doubly good. Wow. Kind of like double mint gum. Yeah. Double the fun. Gail's doing great, man. <laughs> She's got three, and uh, I only have one. Yeah, well, that's how we roll around here. Mm-hmm. Letting me win. No, no he's not. I'm not. Gail, I promise you, I he doesn't down, do that. Let me tell you, when I win, I rub up and down the hallways. I'm like, I won, I won, I he's won. He's way yeah. too competitive to let you win. Yeah. I promise you that. No, I'm not. I think I heard that was Paul last week. <laughs> yes, that's yes, right. That's you are right. you are right. I mopped the floor with him. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get you yet. Here's the next song. Good That's oh, it. Man. Good vibrations by the good. Beach Boys, 1966. Wow, Gail. Wow, you are good at man, this. she's good. Woo. You have a hidden talent. I'll say. Man. Received a Grammy nomination. It was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1994. I want to win a Grammy. Do you? Yeah. Well, How am I going to do Maybe you'll win something else. <laughs> maybe not a Grammy. Gail has four. I only have one. All right. Here's the last song. Oh, man. I can't win. That's okay. Johnny B. Good. Yes. That's it. Johnny B. Good. 1958 song. First written and recorded by Chuck Berry. 1958. Yep. 58. Wow. It was a very good year. <laughs> 1958. Johnny, go, 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 Johnny, go, go. Hey, Gail. Do you know anyone that owns a record label that wants to give me a record deal? No, but you can sing to me any night. Oh, wow. That's nice of you. (laughs) I like it. Because we generally try to cover our ears, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Gail, you know what? You are the big winner. You have uh, won Name That Tune. I'm going to send you some fun CDs in the mail. How's that sound? That sounds wonderful, Carl. You are awesome, Gail. Thank you so much. Yeah, have a great night. Happy Halloween. All right. Take care. When we come back, we're going to tune into a very, and I mean very, scary lights out story. So be ready for that. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. 
Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, before we tune in to Lights Out, I do want to remind all of our listeners that we have a preservation effort in the midst right now. We are trying to save the Bold Venture radio series, Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Bacall. It was produced by the great Frederick Ziv. And uh, Frederick Ziv, Lisa, produced around 10,000 different radio shows and he was a very wise man. He saved one copy of every radio show he produced. So all 78 Bold Ventures, all 218 episodes of Boston Blackie, all, I think it was 79 episodes of Favorite Story. Um, I think it was over 900 episodes of The Cisco Kid. Um, and on and on and on. He always kept one, one disc and never played it. It was in the paper wrapping. It was put in a in a temperature-controlled warehouse, and they've been in this warehouse in storage for over 70 years. Now, I have been trying to license this entire library, 10,000 radio shows direct from disc. There's no audio, though. You have to do a transfer to get the audio off these discs. So they're not on any kind of audio um, where we can play them. You have to actually take the discs and professionally clean them and then transfer them. Not an inexpensive proposition. So what we're doing is taking one, I did license the series, license the entire 10,000 shows, and what we are doing now is starting with Bold Venture, 78 episodes. We are um, using Kickstarter to have... Um, a platform for listeners to go to and hopefully help us to pledge some any donation. It could be it could be ten dollars on up, but when you do donate, you will receive these shows based on your uh, level of donation. You can get all seventy-eight episodes of Bold Venture, and I'm talking in pristine sound, like direct from the master, because they are direct from the master. And uh, if you want to check out our Kickstarter, we really need your help. And I tell you what, we've had over 100 of our listeners uh, pledge some some money. Now, the money is not taken from your card unless we hit our goal. That's how Kickstarter works. So it's just in a holding pattern until we hit our goal. If we do hit our goal, then we will make the transfers. It'll take about uh, 30 days. And we will um, send these shows either on CD or digital download to those who pledged. So um, it's a great effort. It's a wonderful, wonderful preservation service for not only people today, but generations to come, because these shows would be lost otherwise. I think the best thing to do to gain information and really learn about it, it would be go to the Kickstarter itself. So you can go to Google and, and you can uh, just type in Bold Venture Kickstarter, or you can go to the Hollywood 360 radio website at hollywood360radio.com and you can read all about a little background information about Ziv and about the transfers. You can see a video there about how the transfer takes place and you can actually hear um, the one that you have transferred already so you can hear the quality, um, the pristine quality that it will be transferred yeah, in absolutely. if it happens. So yep. it's a lot of information there. Yep, it really is. So just, uh, yeah, Google Bold Venture Kickstarter. It'll take you to the site. And please do um, pledge something to it because we really want to make this happen. We only have a couple more weeks to hit our goal. 
So I'm urging uh, our listeners to please go there, check it out, and help us save Bold Venture. And then we're going to move on to Boston Blackie if we're successful with um, with Bold Venture. So help us out and check uh, check out Bold Venture Kickstarter. All right, time for Lights Out. This is called Execution. Scary episode, April 27th, 1943, part one of Lights Out. Ironized Yeast presents Lights Out. Everybody. It is later than you think. This is Arch Ovaler. Tonight, the makers of Ironized Yeast bring you a story not of imaginary terrors. No, ladies and gentlemen, tonight's play will thrill and chill you beyond any power of the supernatural, because this story is based on cruel, grim reality. So tonight, we urge you not to avoid this excitement and tension. Rather, we urge you to turn your radios up and listen as you've never did before. Herr Himmler. Heil Hitler, well, my Führer, I have the report. Now, look here, Herr Hitler, it's no use getting so red in the face. That won't help anything. What's happened, happened. And as long as we know why it happened, I'll see to it it won't happen again. So nothing is lost and something is gained. Now, here, I have the report here. It arrived by courier only five minutes ago. I rushed it right up. Didn't even stop to read it myself. Ah, so, I will read. Official report on the Renoir incident is made by Captain Hans Mauchlich to Major Heinrich von Trabritz, commanding officer, 3rd Division, Army of Occupation at Headquarters, Paris. Heil Hitler. I, Hans Mauchlich, captain, member of elite guard assigned to 3rd Division, Army Occupation, being in my right mind and in full realization of the consequences to me, make the following statement. On the day of April 7th, at 2 o'clock in the morning, Sergeant Karl Fischl, while on patrol duty in the town of Renoir, was shot at by unidentified woman and slightly wounded in the left thigh. In, in accordance, accordance with, with orders radio from Paris headquarters, I at once placed the entire population of Renoir under arrest and in accordance with further orders received, collected 50 female hostages to be hanged in the village square unless the criminal who had shot Sergeant Fischel was turned over to me at once. These French women were placed in the basement of the town hall and precisely at sundown, having assembled the populace in the public square, I mounted the scaffold platform which had been erected there and spoke to this village of criminals. Attention! Attention! I warn you, no disturbances or I will give the order to fire. Now for the last time, who among you is guilty of this crime? Speak! So, very well. The next time, every man and woman in this town will be deported for hard labor in the Reich. This time... We will proceed with the executions. Silence! Sergeant, the first prisoner. At this point in my report, may I explain that the 50 women to be executed had been picked at random by squads sent through the town a few hours before. I personally knew none of them, but I personally counted them as they entered the place of imprisonment, and I personally posted the guard. That I know. The first prisoner, bind her hands up to the platform. Noose around her neck. 
Now, tighten the rope. Place her on the trap door. So, the prisoner will lift her head. Lift your head. Look at me. At this point in the report, may I describe the prisoner? Sex, female. Age, indeterminate. Clothes, indeterminate. She lifted her face as ordered. Then a strange thing happened. She smiled. Yes, smiled. You smile? Why do you smile? Very well, the trap door. Hang her. Herr Captain. Well? Her neck is broken. Do not cut her down yet. People of the town of Renoir, the first of your women hangs here. The first evidence that to harm a soldier of the Holy Reich means death. Certain death. Remove the body. Bring out the next prisoner. At this point in my report, may I explain my plan? To hang was not enough. No. These Frenchmen and their women and their children must learn their lesson in a way they would never forget. One by one, the women would be brought out. One by one, they would stand on the platform. One by one, the rope around the neck, the trap door, the body twisting and turning in death. Coming through that door, climbing then to the scaffold, and dying. Fifty of them, and it would take hours. And these Frenchmen and these French women and their children would never forget this lesson. Bring her here over the trap door. Rope around her neck. No, no, do not bind this one. It is better that they out there see her dance at the end of the rope. The other die too quickly. Ready? Yes, Captain. The prisoner will lift her face. Lift your face. <laughs> your face. You are related to the one who just died. Answer me. Very well. People of Renoir, you see before you the second of you who is to die for the crime against the Reich. This one, I can see, is related to the first. His sister, perhaps. It will not save her. The crime must be avenged. <laughs> you laugh? Hang her! Her captain, her neck is broken. Broken? So small a woman? Why should... Sergeant, they drop too far. Shorten the rope. Let them struggle before they die. The next prisoner... At this point in my report, may I state that all day it had been threatening rain. In spite of that fact, I had not felt it good psychology to postpone the executions. At this point, the time was 4.30, and the sky was getting quite dark, but I was determined to complete the executions. By the time the next woman stood on the scaffold, it was very dark. People of Renoir! The third criminal to die for the crime against the Reich. The crime must be avenged. <laughs> you, you laugh too? Why? You're going to die? Why do you laugh? You will know. Hang her. At this point in my report, I will state that this woman did not die easily. I could tell that from the faces of the people and the animal cries that came to their lips as they watched this woman of theirs flinging about at the end of the rope. I was quite pleased. Silence, silence! Well, people of Renoir, she thought she would not die. You see, she is dead. There is no escape from the vengeance of the Reich. Bring up the next one. Stop that drum. 
Yes, people of Renoir, there is no escape from the power of the Third Reich. Today over all Europe, tomorrow over all the world. What power is there to stop us? All right, bring the prisoner up here quickly. At this point in my report, may I say it was darker than before. Clouds. There was a feeling of an electrical storm in the air. Hurry her up there, hurry her up. Sergeant, turn on the floodlights. Let no one move. Shoot down anyone who tries to leave the square. Do not think the storm will make any difference. Here you are, and here all of you will stay until the last one of your criminals is hanged. All right, all right, soldier, do not stand there. The noose, put it around her neck. No! Soldier, are you out of your mind? Why, did, why do you stand there? What is it? Look at her. Look at her. At this point in my report, I wish to state that I am not sure if I am in my right mind completely now. But at the time I am speaking of, I knew exactly what I was hearing and seeing. Captain, look at her. I tell you, look at her. You? I... Sergeant. Sergeant. Yes, Captain. The bodies, are they down there? Yes, Captain. How many? Answer me, how many? Three. Three? Three. So... You, woman, you think you make jokes with me. You, you are of the same family. Yes, that is it. You are of the same. <laughs> hey, uh... At this point in my report, I will state only that I immediately ordered the next prisoner up to the scaffold. The fifth prisoner. Captain, this one, the same? You crazy fool, how can that be? Here, the searchlight, here. No, you, you are not. How can that be? <laughs> Sergeant, how many now? The truth, tell me the truth. Four, four, Captain. The truth, I order you. Four bodies, I swear it, Captain. And their faces. Look at their faces. Answer me, their faces. All the same, Captain. The same. Man, this is one creepy episode of Lights Out. Of course, Lights Out was, I think, the scariest radio show of the Golden Age. And uh, Arch Obler was one twisted dude. Well, he wrote that all makes these. sense for you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to execution after this. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535.
And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, welcome back to the show, everyone. We are on hundreds of radio stations coast to coast. Plus, we are all over the world on American Forces Radio. Um, We've been on the air 15, 16. I've lost count now, Lisa. How many years we've been on the air? Too many. No. And and we're uh, actually celebrating Lisa's birthday this week because... Her birthday's not for another couple of weeks. No, it's but, next week. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's not uh, this week, but you're gone next week. So yeah. you're in... Um, Sedona. Yeah, Sedona. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a beautiful place. It is. Sedona's it's beautiful. gorgeous. It's a good place for a wedding. Yeah, her daughter's getting married. Aw, Zoe's getting married. Yeah. My goodness. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. So Lisa won't be here next week. Uh, so we had uh, a pie. We celebrated we with a pie, yes. blueberry pie. And, um, and a little gift to boot. A gift, yeah. <laughs> Found it at the Salvation Army, and I thought you'd like it. Well, nothing wrong with that, Carl. You know, I, th- I just thought you'd lo- you'd enjoy it. But that's not what you got me. <laughs> <laughs> I got it at Lululemon. Yes. Yeah. One of my um, favorites. Yeah, and it fit you nice and everything. It's wow, I love you know, it. Um, not bad. No, not we should bad. post You're a, a picture. Good but I am good at shopping. Aren't you I? are. Aren't it's, I? It's kind of I weird. Mean, I mean, really and truly. Aren't I a great shopper? That's why I, I said. I should be a shopper. I remember. So you asked me what I wanted, and I said, you're a good shopper. You pick it out. Just get whatever. Yeah. Whatever you so think. So you're I'm saying sure I'm good great. at picking now? Because I've been saying you're, you're really no, good I'm at No, I'm the picking. best picker. Yeah. But anyway, I got her a Lululemon uh, hoodie and um, fit her perfectly. It is. Size, what, 79? Is that what it was? Uh, yeah, for the for the big woman. For the, uh, <laughs> for the, for the plus size woman. For the plus size Lisa Wolf. Uh, but, but anyway, happy birthday, Lisa. It's a little early, of course. Just, you how know about what? that pie? Six, just six days, Carl. Mike, Not that early. How, Mike, how was that pie? It was great. It was bubble so bath. good. He, I ate it. He so it's big, good. Yeah, big <laughs> bubble bath. Big piece a of blueberry big pie. Big piece of pie. Um, so anyway, folks, uh, we are so appreciative of you listening to our show all these years and on the air, we plan on being on a lot of years more. Right. We're going nowhere. Because we really like doing this. I know, I mean, right? Yeah, we enjoy it, you know? We even like spending time together, which Ugh. is, you know, kind of crazy. I mean, you're sounds. the last man standing, really. That's for Only sure. Only you're a female. That's true. But, you but are, everybody else, there used to be nobody a, could work with you There used somehow. to be a lot more people. Yes. And now they're all gone. That there used to be somebody sitting at every microphone when yeah. you first started this show. And what happened there? It's just you and me and yeah, Mike. I was the one in the corner that bath. couldn't speak. And, and Sarah. But here. Sarah's been here from day one. Sarah Adamson's been here. Right. Day one. She's still, right. she's still doing the show. So, see, it's, 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 it's called intestinal fortitude. Well, that's because she's able to record her segment. And so you don't always have to be in the same room together. With me. So right. I think that's what saved her. So how do you do it? Then? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just a model of patience. You are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You can sit back here, Lisa, if you got tired of looking at Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take you up on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I'm on radio. I have a face for radio. So, I mean. Yeah, but we want you to come back, Mike. We want you to come back to this studio that we can see. I'll you. be there yeah. soon enough. All right. So we're listening to a very creepy, twisted, scary episode of Lights Out. It's called Execution. The woman that they keep executing over and over again is played by Mercedes McCambridge. She um, is such a great actress. Um, Arch Obler used to use her a lot in these shows, and the rest of the cast are all people he used. He liked he liked a, like a, 
He had a few people that he used over and over, like Edgar Barrier, who's the main guy in this, Hans Conried, and Lou Merrill. Those, uh, those are, he used to use small casts with really grisly sound effects, and he wrote these very um, creepy stories. It's all about a, um, a Nazi officer who hangs a woman in revenge for wounding a German soldier, and he keeps uh, executing her over and over and over. Ooh. Mm. Creepy, creepy. All right, let's get back to it. April 27th, 1943. Here's the conclusion to execution on lights out. At this point in my report, I say only that it began to rain, a terrible rain. And we stood there in the rain. The people all round the scaffold, my soldiers, and on the platform, the hangman and I, and the woman. <laughs> all the same. You hang for vengeance, don't you, Nazi? One German soldier shot at by a French woman who had the blessed right to kill him. And <laughs> you think you will have the vengeance with 50? <laughs> Laugh. It's always the same. Shall I tell you about vengeance, Captain? You Germans think you know all about it. But let me tell you of the real vengeance. <laughs> At this point in my report, I will tell you of my thoughts. These women, the same, was not possible. I left the scaffold and went below to where the bodies lay. With my flashlight, I looked. Broken necks. Faces quite the same. Shut off the light. I climbed back to the scaffold. I was not disturbed. Because now I understood. The families of these French were large. And all these were sisters. Five sisters. Yes, trying to frighten me. Well, that was ended with their broken necks. I ordered out the next woman for her execution. People of Renoir, there will be no further demonstrations of any sort. You will stand there in the rain until all your women criminals are dead. Five sisters have died. And I am certain that is the end of that family. And who is this frightened one with her hands in front of her face? All right, keep them there. Corporal, get the new noose around her neck. Hang her quickly. <laughs> what? A face? <laughs> Another one? <laughs> you French such families. Worthy of we Germans. But we have men. You give birth to useless women. Six women. And all of them born to be hanged. <laughs> Shall I tell you about vengeance, Nazi? What? You Germans think you know all about it. But let me tell you of the real vengeance. Captain, the other one said those words. Shut your mouth. You... Woman, how do you know the words your sister said? I said them. How could you? You think you know about vengeance, you Germans. Well, you don't. Vengeance, too, has to be based on truth. And what is your vengeance? You began a war once and lost it. To whom did you lose it? To these little people? To that little rabbi whose back you broke in a concentration camp? To that little child who suffocated under her mother's body in Poland. Her. 
At this point in my report, I state only that I made sure this one hanged until she was dead. And then I waited a little while before I ordered the next one out. The rain was very heavy. All the people stood there in the square below the scaffold, heads bowed to the rain. And in the light of the searchlights, they and the soldiers guarding them were like living dead, standing there unburied. Captain, this one, she is the same. What? Maya, bring her up here. No. You hanged her and she's not dead. Not dead? Who is he? Run for your lives. Run. Run. Bring her up here. She is not the same. She can't be the same one. Turn the searchlights on. The same one? Run! Stand where you are. Men open fire. Shoot them down. Sergeant Corporal, where are you running? Stand, soldiers. Do not run. I order The lights. Why did you turn out the searchlights? Turn them on. I order you to turn them on. My soldiers, gone. Are you frightened, Captain? <gasps> Put the rope around my neck. You are not sane. I saw you hang. Put the noose around my neck. The bodies, I can see them down there. Hang me. Ooh. You want your vengeance. Fifty times the rope must stretch. Fifty bodies piled like cordwood. <laughs> and you call that vengeance? Shall I tell you a vengeance, Nazi? The vengeance of the people of the murdered republics. What was their crime? They wanted freedom from poverty. And your battleships stood off their shores and your airplanes filled their skies and gave them blood to drink. Their own. The vengeance of the people of Poland. What was their crime? They wanted to live, just to live. So the treads of your tanks ground them into the dirt and then your bombs lifted them out of the dirt. The vengeance of the people of Belgium whose crime was that they were weary of a battle they did not quite understand because you had given them confusion. And so you stripped them of human dignity and made them slaves to live on bloody knees before the masters of your Reich. The vengeance of Holland. Oh, that will be a horrible vengeance, Nazi. For their crime was the crime of being men, of standing up and saying, this is our land and this is our freedom. Dare take them promise. So you swept over them. And when they could no longer fight, you took your vengeance by the murder of 40,000 of them. And the vengeance of Great Britain. Oh, that will be a terrible vengeance, Nazi. It will be a vengeance that will... Oh, oh I will hang you. <laughs> Rope around your neck. Now talk. At this point in my report, I swear by the grave of my mother I tell the truth. I hanged this woman with my own hands. I made sure that she was dead. And then I reached down and cut the rope. And I heard the body fall below in the dark. But when I got up off my knees and stood up on the scaffold again, another woman was there. And it was she. The vengeance of Norway... Theirs, too, was the crime of free men content to live on their own land. And you put a swastika over their crosses and murdered their sons and starved their children. And the vengeance of the Balkans. So many vengeances, Nazi. Did you ever think of them? You with your little vengeances against the helpless, the women, the children. Did you ever think of this moving mountain of great vengeance that is sweeping toward you? 
vengeance of the Russians, whose crime was that they wanted their own freedom, their own way, and who saw the hard work of 20 years ground under your pancers and your stukas. Oh, Nazi, theirs will be a terrible vengeance. Theirs will be... And then there was another one. Another, but the same. And the vengeance of the Americans. Their crime, that they were strong and they didn't like you and they laughed at you. And then their laughter turned to anger and you were afraid of their anger, so you lifted another one's hand and gave them the treachery of a knife thrust in the back. And you drowned their men in the seas and you... I can report only what I saw. The trapdoor fell. She too was gone. The rope twisting and turning. And I was alone on the scaffold. Alone. I was alone. Yes, the rope twisting and turning. And I was alone. And then... Who shall I swear this on? What do I believe in to swear this on? I heard footsteps coming up the steps to the scaffold... And I ran to the edge, and I looked. The lightning flashes were quick, one after the other. And by them I saw that I had hanged eight. And there were forty-two left. And now they were coming up the stairs, these forty-two. One after the other. One after the other, in a line that reached back across the square. Coming to me. Are you? What do you want? I report this. They came on the platform, one after the other, one after the other. The scaffold moved under the weight of them. And then the lightning came again. And I saw all of them. She. Poland. Belgium. Holland, Norway, Greece, Yugoslavia, Russia, Britain, America. I tell you, Nazi, no matter what the clever ones try to do at the peace tables, the people will not forget their vengeance. They will not forget their dead children and their dead wives and their dead sons and their dead mothers and their dead sisters and their dead lovers and their dead hopes and their dead wasted years. They will not stop at the borders of your Germany this time. They will march into it, into your Germany, the people. And their vengeance will be on every one of you who traded the cross for the swastika and the great God of humanity for the little man who thought he was God. Who are you? I report only this one last thing. As I asked the words, who are you? Suddenly, it was no longer all these women speaking with one mouth. But in the rain and the lightning, I saw them moving together. And all of them began to become one woman. A terrible thing that grew and grew into the air. I lifted my face to see. The lightning crashed about the top of her. And it was still that woman, towering higher and higher into the air. And when she spoke, her voice was the thunder. 
listen to me, Nazi. When their vengeance comes, you shall not hide behind your little man. For his crimes are his crimes, and your crimes are yours. And each must pay for his crimes. Who are you? For the good people of this world will not die this time in vain. This time the vengeance will be their vengeance. And the everlasting peace their peace. Who are you? I report, I ask that, and suddenly I was lifted in the air. There was thunder and lightning around me too, and up where I was, her voice was a whisper. I am a French woman who stayed away from my own land too long. So long that some of my countrymen had forgotten that even the memory of me lives only where men fight for me. Who are you? I close my report. This French woman told me her name, and she told me a place. Through the thunder crash I heard her. And then the lightning struck, and I was falling through the air. And when I woke, it was morning. And she was not there. And the scaffold was burned to the ground. And there were no bodies. And the village square was empty. This, this is the, the end, end of my, my report. <laughs> Can you imagine such a report, mein Führer? A woman who grows into the sky. <laughs> now, of course, the man will be shot. Um, wait a minute. There seems to be an addition to the report. Uh, it says... Note, the French woman said she could be found at latitude 41 degrees north and at longitude 74 degrees west. Investigation indicates this is a place in the western hemisphere known as Bedloe's Island. Further investigation indicates that there is only one French woman on this island. She is called the Statue of Liberty? I see what you mean, Mr. Obler. The Nazis can kill people, but they can never kill the spirit of victory. And now, Mr. Obler, can you tell us a little about next week's story? Well, before I do that, I'd like to personally thank the Iron IG's folks for giving me the opportunity of presenting this play to you tonight. A word of thanks, too, to Edgar Barrier and Mercedes McCambridge, and to Hans Conrad and Lou Merrill. As to next week, well, if you've ever wished on a star, listen in. For the play has the provocative title of The Heavenly Jeep. To you lovers of the off-the-beat, a cordial invitation to be with us when the Heavenly Jeep takes off. Yes, tune in next Tuesday again for Arch Obler's eerie story, The Heavenly Jeep. And if you need more vitamin B1 and iron, be sure to try ironized yeast. But remember, there's only one ironized yeast. You'll know it instantly by the yellow and orange package and by the big letters IY on the container and on each tablet. It is later than you think. Down south, it's white shoe season, and even up north, you're beginning to see white shoes around town. And because of shoe rationing, lots of folks are giving their white shoes the best of care with Energine Shoe White. 
Energine Shoe White is made with the whitest pigment obtainable. It spreads over shoes easily and dries evenly with a real white, never a dingy off-white. So, to keep white shoes looking better longer, buy Energine Shoe White. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Shoe White. Do you have white shoes, Carl? I don't have any white you shoes. You have white pants. I have white pants. They're baseball pants, though. No, you have, like, white jeans. No, I don't. You I used do, to wear I them do. to the radio station. They were station. just faded. They were not white jeans. <laughs> they were white. They were faded blue jeans. <laughs> they were white. They were not. You're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Okay. My, uh, weren't they I white? have never seen jeans that have faded to white. Yeah, well, they're not white. Yeah, they they're white. white. I, I threw them out, by the way, because I got tired <laughs> of you uh, ridiculing me. <laughs> And I was completely innocent because they were just jeans that Maybe were Maybe they just don't fit you anymore. But I do have white baseball <laughs> pants that I wear no, once That's not what I was referring to. Anyway, that was Lights Out Execution, April 27, 1943. And in a rare show that Arch Obler actually introduced the cast. I don't know if I've ever heard Arch Obler say who his entire cast was before. Very interesting. He mentioned by name uh, Mercedes McCambridge and Hans Conrad, Lou Merrill, um, Edgar Berry, and, of course, Frank Martin doing the commercial announcements. And, I, and a special shout-out thanks to Corey Harker because Corey supplied me with this uh, Lights Out show. I, I had this episode, and it was in decent sound, pretty good sound. Uh, but you know how much uh, Bubble Bath and I and you, of course, care about quality, playing the best sound quality we can and I reached out to Corey, and I said, I'm airing um, some lights outs for Halloween. What's your, um, you know, what's your library like? Because he's a collector also on disc. And he said, I have a few. So this was one of them. So thanks, Corey. Appreciate you. And um, hope you enjoyed that out there in Radioland. Time for this month in music history. All right. Here's our next Halloween-themed song. Georgia, and he was looking for a soulless deal. He was in a bind because he was way behind. He's willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man, saw him on the fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped upon the hickory stump and said, Boy, let me tell you what, you probably didn't even know it. The devil went down to Georgia. Yeah, great story. So uh, that's correct, written and performed by the Charlie Daniels Band, released yes, in 1979. 79. Yep. Wow. Well, that's a great song. That's a good year. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks, Lisa Wolf. More of Hollywood 360 after this short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, in our next hour... It's Murder by Experts from 1950. But first, we'll play Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous, the music edition. Oh, it's ridiculous, all right. This uh, edition will be songs about cars, part two. Oh, part deux. Part deux, and there's a pizza on the line Uh-oh. as usual, and I... I think we haven't won any pizzas in quite a while. Maybe this is the night. You know how we can win a pizza for sure? How? If I win, you buy me a pizza. And if I lose, you buy me a pizza. How's uh, that? That's not going to happen. I think that would work, right, Mike? Yeah. Because right. Can I get some either way? Yes, yes, yes. All right. All that coming <laughs> your way. Stick around. 
Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.